In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Christians, how is it that people come to the Christian faith? How do churches catch people into their membership? If you were to go out today and ask a hundred different people, you might get a hundred different answers. You might hear that perhaps people join a Christian congregation because the pastors, well-dressed, with shined shoes and expensive suits. Perhaps when that pastor dresses for success, people will want to come and be a member of a congregation that talks about success. Perhaps someone might tell you that people join a congregation because it sets the right mood with its worship team. The lights are dimmed at the start of the sermon so people can relax into the very, very comfortable chairs that are in the sanctuary. No pews because you don't want to get too close to the people further down the road. Maybe the mood has to be set by a smoke machine that runs during the liturgy so that the laser light show can beam the scripture verses up onto the screens at the front of the church. Maybe that's what causes people to join a church. I've seen some other pretty crazy things. You can go and see them yourself on YouTube. There's a Dr. Seuss church service where everything rhymes. The cat in the hat, how about that? Perhaps that's why people join a congregation. I've seen an ELCA church that had a Beatles mass. They even set the words of institution to the tune of Hey Jude. Will that cause people to be Christian? Perhaps people join a congregation because it feels more like a bar than a formal church. Perhaps people join a congregation for the opposite reason, because it feels so otherworldly so set apart from what happens in our everyday life that we can't help but think God must be present here. It's for those reasons that in the Middle Ages, people built huge, tall cathedrals over hundreds of years in construction. Is that why people join churches? If you ask people, probably the biggest answer that you'd get is because they visit a church and the people are friendly, welcoming. Someone's at the door to show them where to sign the guest book and how to follow along in the service. Maybe people join a congregation because it has a large endowment and so the church isn't always asking for money in the offering plate. How is it that people come to the Christian faith? How do churches catch people? 
Why do people become Christian? The ideas that we've talked about so far all try to answer that question from a human perspective, a human point of view. All of those ideas presume that there's something we can do to help people become Christian, to bring them into the doors and make them sign our membership roster. All those things we've talked about confess that it's up to our human actions to catch people into the church. But that's not what our gospel lesson for this morning teaches. The miraculous catch of fish, you've heard it before, but it's really not about fishing at all. At the start of our text, we already have a clue to help us answer our question. People were gathering already around our Lord Jesus Christ, pressing in on him so tightly that he could hardly speak to them. He couldn't see them. The crowd was practically crushing him. And our gospel lesson this morning tells us why people were coming to Jesus. Look at the first sentence. The crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God. To hear the word of God. It's the word of God that brought these eager, average, everyday people to Jesus. So many people wanted to hear God's word from Jesus that an enormous crowd formed. And Jesus had to think quickly on his feet. He developed the very first pulpit, a fishing boat. He found it there from the local successful fisherman, Simon. He said, pull out from the shore a little bit so that I can speak to all these people at once. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He preached the word of God. The people standing on shore, or perhaps even sitting on shore, heard the word of God. It was a church service. Jesus preached the sermon. The people on the shore heard the word. St. Matthew's Gospel tells us a little bit of what that sermon sounded like just a few verses before this account. It says, Jesus preached law and gospel. Sermons that sounded like this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus preached. People heard. People believed. Along the, among those who heard and believed, at least 
in part at first, was Simon the fisherman. He's sitting in the boat, mere feet from Jesus our Lord, during the sermon. Simon heard every word that Jesus preached. And at the completion of the service, Jesus turns to him and has a word specifically for Simon. He says, go out into the deeper water. Let down your nets for a catch. Now Simon was a successful fisherman at the time. He owned his own boat. He had partners who owned their own boat. He had a fairly decent-sized house in the village of Capernaum on the shore. Peter knew how to fish. And he also knew that it wasn't the right time for fishing. He knew that he fished all night the day before and hadn't caught a single fish. Perhaps they were in a different location. Perhaps the fish had been overfished. And yet Simon, having heard the word of our Lord, does exactly what Jesus asks. Look again at what your text says. Simon said to Jesus, at your word, I will let down my nets. And that word of Jesus bears fruit. For Simon catches fish, tons of fish, two boats worth of fish, bursting the nets, fish. The word of God did what Jesus said. The word of God brought about a miracle. The word of God was fulfilled. This reality wasn't missed by Simon. Simon knew his Bible. Simon knew that when words were spoken and they did exactly what was said, who the speaker was. For example, Genesis, God said, let there be and there was. God told Abraham, you'll have a son, he'll be your heir. And he did. God told King David, when he was just a shepherd, that he would be king, even though Saul already was. And whatever God said happened. Peter knows that when God speaks, it's accomplished. And at the same time, when Jesus says, you'll catch fish right here, it happens. 
Peter has put two and two together. He knows that Jesus is more than just your ordinary average guy. He falls down before Jesus, just like Isaiah fell down before God, and says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. It's a confession of sin, a confession speaking the truth of what God's word says. And when Peter confesses his sin, our Lord absolves him. Do not be afraid. In other words, have no fear before God. Your sins are forgiven. They're covered. Your guilt is taken away. Jesus speaks God's word again. Do not be afraid. And what Jesus says happens. But Jesus goes on and speaks more from there. He says, from now on, you will catch men. You'll catch men. How would a fisherman from Galilee catch men? Would it be like how we caught fish, chasing them around with nets, tying them up and dragging them into the church? Would it be by manipulating their emotions, by setting the mood, by Dr. Seuss themes, by giant beautiful buildings, by Dressing to impress? How can Simon catch men? At the word of Jesus. It's the word of Jesus that makes Christians. It's the word of Jesus that brings people to church. It's the word of Jesus, the gospel, which proclaims who Jesus is, God in our human flesh. It's the gospel, the word of God, that tells us why Jesus came, to bear our sins to the cross, to bleed, to die, so that we might be forgiven. It's the word of Jesus, the gospel that tells us Jesus rose again from the dead, the first fruits of all who sleep. And that in faith, we too one day will rise. The word of Jesus, the word of God. 600 years before our gospel lesson for today occurred, Jeremiah had already prophesied this. He said in his book that God would send out fishers and hunters to gather his people together by the word of the Lord. Now Christ gives this task to Simon, to the church, 
to Christians. Later on in the scriptures, we see Simon doing just that. The word of the Lord is preached at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And 3,000 souls were added to the church. It's not Peter that's bringing people into the church. It's not what they're doing that's bringing people into the church. It's the word of God preaching the true doctrine according to the scriptures, preaching the gospel about Jesus Christ. The same message that Jesus spent three years teaching Peter is the same word he himself would preach. Dear friends, it's the gospel that catches humans and brings them in to the ark of God, the Christian church. The word of the Lord does this time and time again. You are here because of the word of God. After all, let's be honest, we don't have the comfiest pews in Lincoln, do we? We don't have the best looking pastor in Lincoln. He's not dressed fancy. We don't always have the jazziest of music. We don't have a fog machine. We're not having firework church today on the 4th of July. What do we have? The Word of God. The Word of Jesus. Church services might not always go exactly how you or I would prefer. But we have the word all the same. We might not always have the friendliest people, the biggest budget, or the best coffee bar. But we have the word of Jesus. And that's enough. Because if we have the word of Jesus, we have forgiveness, life, and salvation. And if we have the word of Jesus, we're set free. Free to live as Christians. Free to research better coffee. Free to be friendlier to visitors. Free to take care of the person sitting down the pew. Free to even buy comfier pews if that's what we want. So long as it doesn't take away the most important thing, the word of Jesus. So dear Christian, repent. Repent of wanting handsomer pastors, hipper worship, Beautiful edifices to worship in. Laser light shows. Goofy hooks to bring people into church. Repent of wanting what you want instead of what the Word of God wants to give you. Repent and hear the word of the Lord. At God's word, 
your sins are forgiven. At God's word today, you eat and drink his body and blood. At God's word, all of us together are baptized, adopted into the church. At God's word, we will live forever. At God's word, the church exists. Faith is strengthened. Jesus is proclaimed. How is it that the church has grown? At the word of Jesus. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This time we stand together and sing the offertory. And